Hi friends, I'm Adrian File. And I'm John File. And welcome to the Love the Process podcast. We've been married 14 years, 13 good ones, and we have four awesome kids. My career has centered around process improvement and leadership development. And I have been an entrepreneur since I was five and I'm currently an owner and CEO of an insurance company and real estate team. We are working to become better versions of ourselves every day. And we invite you to join us as we share our journey and the lessons we have learned in life, business, and figuring out how to love the process of becoming great. Let's go. Hey friends. Okay, before we hop into our podcast today, uh, we have some awesome news. We are launching our first e-course and the course actually goes live on January 1st but it's for sale today. That's right. <laughs> Everybody's been saying, you want to know more, you want to, you want to go deeper. So uh, how can I go deeper and how can I learn more? And this is, this is our answer and it's going to be available to the world uh, January 1st. We're really excited. It's a seven week long uh, deep dive personal development course um, with me specifically uh, guiding you through it like you're having a cup of coffee with me, sitting with me for seven weeks. And I can't wait uh, for those of you who, who embark on that journey. Um, so if that's something you're interested in learning more about, you can check out our website and there'll be some information on there. But I will tell you that the cheapest price that you're able to get it at is going to be Black Friday weekend. It'll be $100 off Black Friday weekend. So if you're looking for a Christmas gift for somebody or just that kickstart to the year, I highly recommend. Obviously, Let's go. I like John. I'll keep them around. I recommend it. Let's go. Awesome. All right. So today we have a guest with us and we are so excited to introduce Corey. So John actually met Corey at this landscape. Entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship. So one of our newest clients um, has a landscaping business. And so John got to go to the entrepreneurship seminar. Is that what it is? Conference. Conference. Um, Academy. Academy. <laughs> Academy. That's Academy. right. No, no, it was. It was uh, Entrepreneurship Academy. Yeah, there we right. go. Um, and so he got to meet Corey there and he was really inspired by Corey's story. And so we wanted to invite him to be on our podcast. So Corey, if you could just kick us off by giving us a little intro about yourself and maybe what you love. Um, yeah. So Corey Ballard, I um, live in Des Moines, Iowa. It's actually snowing out right now, as I said, before we got live here. And uh, so um, I'm married, got, uh, we've got three kids. Um, my wife works in this business with me as well. And so I've got a couple different companies and um, we can dive into that as well. But uh, um, so I've never worked for anybody else. I um, started my own business when I was 14. And, um, and so I've, I, well, I love the process, which is the name of your podcast, right? And, and so um, I, uh, yeah, I just, um, I love the entire journey of working for yourself and creating something special and employing people and, and hopefully changing people's lives. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of my story. And uh, um, I don't know how far we want to dig into, you know, you guys ask the questions and I'll do my best to answer them. That's you got awesome. it. How old, how old are your kids? Uh, my oldest daughter's 17 and, and then we have a eight and a six year old. So the 17 year old does not want to hang out with us anymore. She's too cool. <laughs> Um, and so our little ones are, um, they're a lot of fun, but it's, uh, we work a lot, you know, I was in here all, it's, I was in here Sunday and Saturday. We were, you know, dedicated to our business and we do whatever it takes. And my wife works in, in this business, the, in the Ballard business, which is our product business. And so we put in a lot of hours and, uh, we, we work hard, we're focused on it. So we're always trying to figure out that, you know, that life work balance, which 
I preach it really well. I don't do it very well, which is. <laughs> That's good stuff. Yeah. That's good stuff. I can relate. I can relate. You know, it, it's uh, do what I say. Okay. Not what I'm doing all the time. So, exactly. uh, you know, there's a few things for sure that I know that, that, that we want to cover today. Uh, do whatever it takes. You know, I definitely want to study uh, or hear more of your mindset. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, you gave you gave a great talk uh, there uh, that encouraged me. Uh, I think that success leaves clues, and you were very uh, instructive in the way in which you lead and develop your culture at, at, in your businesses. And and so to put it in perspective, Adrian, he these aren't small you know companies. They're they're represented of two hundred people or so in the landscaping business, right? Yeah, we have just under 200 employees in our lawn and landscape business and snow removal business. It's a full service um, site management company with three locations. So that's um, our main company. And then um, I also have a, an accessory company where we sell lawn and landscape accessories, which is what I focus on full time now. So it's a small team. There's only six of us, but uh, um, it's I, I enjoy it. I enjoy the I enjoy developing products and watching them go from a idea to actual product and then hopefully people like them and buy them. And that's kind of fulfillment for me that, Hey, I told you that would work and it's fun. I enjoy that process as well. So, um, so you said you started your first company when you were 14. Yeah. So the short version really, um, is, you know, I, I just started mowing grass at, you know, I was 14 and a half and I wanted a new moped. Actually the one I wanted is in my office right now. I can't, but, uh, it was $1,400. My dad's like, Hey, we don't have that kind of money. Uh, my dad is a factory worker and, um, he said, you better figure out what to do. So I just started knocking on doors and went uh, door to door in my neighborhood. And I was able to convince enough people to give me some lawns to mow. Um, and, you know, by the time I had a driver's license, I had a full-time crew. And by the time I was a senior in high school, I had two full-time crews and I had people that were out of school working for me while I was in school. Um, and just grew up from there. Uh, our community was growing. There was a lot of opportunity. I, we connected with just a, we just hustled. We just, um, you know, my deal was I just wanted out. I just wanted to outwork everybody. I didn't think I was the smartest guy. Um, I just wanted to outwork you. And I just knew if I, if I did it day in and day out that, um, that it would work. And, um, I didn't know, I didn't have like people go, did you want to have X amount of employees or did you want to, I didn't really know what that looked like at the time. I just knew that I wanted to work for myself. I wanted to be in control of my own destiny. Um, I didn't know where that would lead exactly, but I put really good people around me. Um, I empowered them. I, I'm not a micromanager. I let people do what they're really good at. And um, it just kind of snowballed and it just grew and grew. And, um, you know, we today, you know, we have three different branches, um, Des Moines, Cedar Rapids and Omaha. And we're a full service commercial site management company. Um, we rank in the top 120 in the U.S. Um, and we're in the top 25 in snow and ice management. So um, I don't say that to be, to be braggadocious. That's just what, what we are today. And it's it's fun. And I've got a great team of people um, around me. And um, and that gives me the flexibility that I actually stepped away from that business, um, stepped away from the day-to-day -day operations. And now I focus on the accessory business that I've had for 20 years, but it was really a hobby business. Um, and then a few years ago, I decided that, hey, we've got great products. Uh, the industry, I know the industry, I love the industry. Um, with social media, we can reach all these people. And so we really started focusing on bringing more products to the industry. And um, so that's what I do seven days a week now. That's awesome. 
So a lot of our listeners are either parents or they're entrepreneurs. So as a parent, how do you, how do you instill that entrepreneurial spirit or how do you encourage it if you see it in your kids and as well as that hard work, that idea of just, you want to, you want to over outwork them? Yeah, that's a good, good question. Um, Cause I'm having that conversation right now with my 17 year old, you know, my little ones don't know. They, they think they make fun of me. They tell me I'm not, you know, you're not that big a deal, dad. I'm like, <laughs> check out, I'm on this video. And they're like, nobody cares. It's boring. I'm like, okay. <laughs> But my 17-year-old, I just had this conversation with her yesterday, and, you know, she's getting ready to go to college. She's trying to pick what school to go to, and, um, you know, it's, it's challenging because I don't care what she does as long as she's passionate about it and does it well. Um, and, you know, it, but she, there's also this thing where she says, well, Dad, you didn't go to college, and look how that worked out. I'm like, well, that's unique. So I'm, we're having this kind of tough balance because she thinks, um, you know, that things just, she knows I worked hard, but I don't think as a kid, you don't recognize, at least I remember when I was younger, I didn't recognize what people were doing to have a better life or, or to be able to provide for their family. You just see their stuff, right? And you don't know how they get it. And um, so I'm really trying to um, keep her understanding that hard work is, is the process of, of how this works. Um, and again, I, I don't care what you do, just I want you to be the best at it. Um, I jokingly say, I don't care if you pick up dog poop, just just be the best. No, I use other words when I talk to her, but, uh, you know, just be the best at it. Just be just be the best at it. And um, but I have to also remember that not everybody wants what I want. And, and so um, and, you know, it, it's challenging for me because I'm rarely happy. And so I'm, I shouldn't say happy. That's not content is a better word. I'm always want more and more and more. And the people that are closest to me always say, Corey, what, when are you going to be like, how much more do you need? What, and what more? And I have these goals and the truth is nobody else is keeping score, but me, you know, and I'm so nobody's keeping score. I'm, I'm keeping score, but nobody else is. So, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it, it's tough. Um, you know, with, the, with the, you know, her getting ready to go off to college and not sure what she wants to do. And I'm going to pay for college, but am I going to pay for her to party or am I going to pay for her to learn? And what's the game plan? I want to yeah, I want to know what the game plan is. I'm always trying to figure out, okay, so when you, you know, what do you want to be? Yeah. I don't know yet. I'm like, well, that's okay too, but so uh, it's challenging. This is phenomenal. So Adrian's a product of an entrepreneur sending her through college. Her grandfather ran a lumber company. He went in the office all the way up to his late 80s, maybe his early 90s. I served on the, the Lions Club with him down the stretch. So I got like the last, you know, eight years or so, you know, kind of with him day to day, just kind of the way he thinks. But it's interesting because he sent nine grandkids through college with no debt. And, and wow. he believed in education, he believed in that possibility for well, his, He sent himself and his After his he sent himself and his kids and through, his yeah. Sister. But you could either you could actually use the money to start a business or to go to college. And that's what I was going to hit on. There were two qualifications. And actually, I sat with a I sat with a guy in in Arizona a few years ago who's who sold a software engineering company for over a hundred million dollars. And so money is not the issue. But his question really he's trying to understand is how can I motivate the next my grandkids and the next generation to see the same values. And so her grandpa he loved the idea that I gave him, which was Jim would they they were required to have a budget. She had to have a plan, and then every quarter they reviewed the transcripts. So he he didn't just write the, the annual check; he wrote right. one quarter at a time. 
and uh, and I thought, man, <laughs> based on the budget, <laughs> based on the budget, right? So so it was a very interesting way to teach, I guess, these these grandkids the value of money. And you look at them all, and they're very responsible uh, across the board now. The other thing you mentioned. Well, it is interesting though that all nine of us, we all went to college. None of us chose to use the money to start a business. And I do wonder, like, where does that, you know, where does that entrepreneurial spirit come from? John just has it. I think some people just have it, but I think some people see it also and then can learn from that. None of, and none of our, none of our parents, that generation, my grandpa's kids, none of them had their own businesses or started. One of them now overtook his business. Um, you have the I moment when well, he has you have the moment for you the moped moment mm-hmm. for me see I, I went to the court my mother suffered my whole life from mental illness dad left when I was very young and and I was awarded the court when I was seven and I was about six and a half six to seven I don't know when I saw a guy with a hundred dollar bill and in 1986 that was all the money like the old school hundred and I yep. go did, Bob was his name I go grandpa how did he get that he said he owns a business and from that moment, I said, Roger, that, that's, that, that from that moment to this, that's what I was going to do. What was your Roger that moment? Was it the moped, obviously, but also the idea that you have is bigger than a moped as it is employing people, giving people opportunity, helping them grow and develop into who they are. Like you said, put great people around me and let them be great at what they do. Well, and not being content. I mean, that's a, that's a skill set to always continue to be striving for more. I've never met a man with. Salt who's self-content, not once, by the way. So good. yeah, it's a good and bad thing, you know. Um, <laughs> I envy some people. <laughs> I envy people that are very content and happy with what they have, and I sometimes envy them because I'm on this constant pursuit of more. And um, I think you know, going back, um, some of it is, um, I think ego um, or lack of self-confidence. If I'm being completely honest, I think when I look all the way back, you know, and I, I don't remember if I mentioned this at, at the Entrepreneur Academy, but, you know, I had people, some people making fun of me. I had some, you know, a teacher who said, Corey, if you don't pay attention, you're going to mow yards your whole life. And I used that as fuel. Um, I had my friends going off to college and, and I, this girlfriend that I had, and she said, Hey, Corey, you know, my, my parents don't think, you know, we were mowing grass and that's not that cool. Like I really, they really think I should be dating somebody that goes to college. And so there was all these things that people around me kind of doubted me. And so I had this chip on my shoulder. Um, and I just, I used that as fuel for a long time. I didn't, it wasn't so much later where I really, I think, matured a little bit and grew up and realized how great it was to have my own company and have employees and, and have the responsibility of having people, um, you know, change their lives as well and watch them, you know, buy their first house or buy a car and, or have just trees under the Christmas, you know, presents under the Christmas tree and the joy I get from that today. But that was an evolution over 20 years. But um, my mom was an entrepreneur, um, as well. And I, I, she always just kind of told me, um, you know, Corey, you're, you're, I wasn't great at school. It wasn't that I wasn't smart. I just wasn't interested. And, uh, and so she basically told me, you're probably going to have to work for yourself. I mean, I should just, that's just kind of, <laughs> and, but you fire um, guys like you yeah. <laughs> kind of had that. Um, I just, I, and I still do that today. I can drive down the road and I see businesses and I'm like, oh, I could do that. I could do that better. And I'm like, why? I don't have time to do that. I got, I got my hands full, but I still see businesses every day. 
And I'm like, man, I think I could do that better than what they're doing it. I should start up that company and do a better job. And so I think, um, I've heard I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is in me. It's just, it's just kind of who I am. And um, I don't think you can teach entrepreneurship. I mean, I think you can learn how to be better. Um, I've evolved and I'm still evolving. I'm still learning how to manage people better and, and coach and mentor. And, um, but I do think certain people just are born entrepreneurs, I think, and, 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 and leaders. Um, I think I always had the ability to get people that wanted to work for me. They trusted me. I was honest with them. Um, you know, and I had the ability to must been fairly convincing to get people to hire me at, you know, 16 years old. And we were doing a lot of work when I shouldn't have, you know, they shouldn't have given me the, you know, they shouldn't have given me the chance and they did. So, uh, I don't know if that answers your question. That was kind of a long, oh, yeah. just a lot of information there. Well, absolutely. And it's funny, Phil's on a, on a mower right now, the crew, but he's got the chip, you know, his, uh, God sucks. He helped us with the social media. Uh, mm -hmm. he, he and her daughter dated for a while and, and Phil is too in love with the lawnmower to, 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 to keep dating for, for a little while. So we'll see how that works out long run. But right. the idea of the chip, I had that from my dad. I was like, I'm going to show him. He's a quitter. He left and he's out of the picture and I'm going to show him so I can make the chip. The other thing that you um, that I want to dig in on or press in on is entrepreneurship. So I would be curious to know, I'll tell you what my work and definition of entrepreneur is, and then I'd be curious to hear yours. And then I love your, my goals, you know, that I've got, they're my goals. I heard a guy say it best maybe the other day. He goes, it's kind of like if you got to pee in the middle of the night and you, you don't just stop in your kitchen and let it fly. Like I'm going to the bathroom, you know what I mean? And that's kind of where you're at. Like, yeah, I made it down the stairs and I'm, I'm heading towards the bathroom, but I'm not there yet. Like that lack of contentment. And when I get there, I'll let you know. Um, but the, the, uh, the idea of entrepreneurship, I define it as, is trading time and money for time and money in the future. Like, like that I'm going to invest time and money now so that I will, so that I will have more time and money in the future. And there's, there's a lot of other ways to look at it, but that's a simple formula that like I can measure those two things, right? I can measure the amount of time that I'm spending now. I can measure my resources that I'm in reinvesting in the company now that aren't going into my pocket, that are going into the business now. And then I can look to the future and go, what has been my ROI, if you will, on the time and money? That's kind of to my basic definition of an entrepreneur. I'd be curious to know yours. And then I'd be curious to hear how you're applying that in your business now. Yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, the people that I know that are the most successful do things and they do them consistently. Um, you know, it feels like to me, everybody wants things. You know, I mentioned this at the, you know, where you saw me and everybody wants, you know, to get in shape in a week. They want to fix their marriage in a week. They want to be a better father or mother, in a, in a, you know, or, and they want to run a business, you know. And the only thing I know how to do is be consistent, uh, work hard and do the right thing. The one thing I was never really focused on was, was the money, which was kind of, you know, it was, for me, it was more, if I do the right thing consistently over and over and over, the money will, it'll come. And I had a business partner um, who's a partner today at, at, at Perfect Cut. And he said, you know, he, and he, he kind of taught me that, like, or if we just keep doing the right thing, we'll get paid later. Cause we worked really hard for a lot of years for minimal dollars. I mean, we just didn't, we put everything we had back into the company. Um, we were paying ourselves just enough to survive. 
Um, you know, and today it seems like, you know, a guy has a couple good years. Now he's got the fancy truck and he goes and builds a new house. And he tells me how much money he made. And I said, dude, you just had two good years. Like rattle, rattle off about 15 of those and then go get the fancy house, you know, or, you know, and, and so I, I think entrepreneur, I think it's a big risk, but I think it's worth it. You know, I measure it also uh, from freedom. What does it look like to be in control of your own destiny? Um, you know, and are you happy? Um, if you're waking up and, you know, you're praying for, you know, praying for Fridays and dreading Mondays, that's just no good. Um, and I know people like that. And you guys know people like that, that the highlight is they just love Fridays and Sunday. They they're miserable because they hate going back to their job on Mondays. And we, you know, we get one chance at this. I just, I just want to be happy. I want to, you know, and I want to be doing something that I absolutely love. And if you get compensated well for that, even better. But at the end of the day, it comes back to, you know, being of service and being happy. And that for me is, is, you know, an entrepreneurship is, um, and it's, there's a risk. And what are you willing to sacrifice? Because in the beginning, and still today, I sacrifice time. And it's sometimes time with my family and kids. Um, and, you know, I'm not good at not being here. I mean, yesterday, I was in on Sunday, I don't, you know, I could have, you know, I wasn't here all day, but I was here Saturday. I was here Sunday. I don't know that many people that are willing to do that. They do it for a month, a year, maybe two years. And then as soon as things start doing well, they just, they get content. And, you know, I'm just, I'm not wired that way. Um, I always have this sense of urgency and I don't know why, but I feel like it's now we got to, you know, we got to move fast and uh, you know, and so I don't know. Is that any, I'm not sure that answers no, your question. But, yeah, you know, it totally does. And I got a couple follow-ups. Like the reason we okay. do this podcast, by the way, is for for days like today. Like I mean, part of it, it's like, oh yeah, there's there's a future. You know, keep doing what you're doing. You know, consistency. Like um, it's inspiring. It's inspiring to our listeners. I would I would imagine. You know, the idea that the long play, though, you you just described as well as I've heard uh maybe anybody describe it right there's you know there's a money guy dave ramsey he says live like yeah. no one else so that one day you can live like no one else right i was his exactly. local provider in the nation in 09 and nobody serves more more referrals on the west coast than our insurance team so i know uh the idea the concept makes a great t-shirt right and so people we get the pleasure in our world like we can i can work from anywhere and so uh, we're traveling a lot and so people you know see the locations that we go we're Malibu's gonna be we're gonna be in Malibu for Malibu's uh birthday and some people are like when do you work you know what Adrian's response is always always <laughs> all the time yeah yeah Sun yeah Sunday is just it's a day in and a while and and even if even even the guy who really says you know what I, I need it. I'm going to take a day off. I'm going to take a rest on Sunday. That's awesome. Let's audit the first six days and make sure you kick their ass like the Lord did the first six days before we really go take a day off. Okay. <laughs> and then, and then get back to me. So I love that long play definition you had. What was it that gave you that sense or how can you teach that? That's what I really, really, you know, when we talk about love in the process, how can we teach that and instill that? Yeah. I mean, how are you teaching that within your team? It's hard and it's probably my number one frustration. Um, I follow a lot of Gary Vee, which you probably do too. Um, it's bit. so hard and it's so frustrating. Um, I've got a great team here and they don't work like I work and I get frustrated and I've always, it's probably my number one thing where I'm 
And I, I just watched a video that Gary Vee had on. It was like, they're not going to love your company the way you love your company. It's like your baby, right? You think your baby's cute. Everyone else is like, eh, you know, <laughs> but it's, and I have to remember that. So I have to constantly talk to my, even my small team here at Ballard and is about value. Um, you know, everybody wants to make more money, right? So they're always, you know, how do I get a raise? Um, you get paid based on the problems you solve and the value that you bring. I don't care about tenure. I don't care about your age. You know, hey, I just bought a new house, so I need a raise. That means nothing to me. How about you know, what can you do to bring value to our company, to this organization? How do you make this a better place to work? And so, um, you know, it is, it, it's really, it's hard. And that's one of the areas I struggle with because I was frustrated this weekend. I, I'm like, why are they not, you know, I asked for these two videos we shot on Saturday. Why are they not here? Um, well, the truth is they work, their hours are not Saturday and Sunday. That's not in their job description. It's not in their duties. It says Monday through Friday, eight to five or eight to 4.30. Why do I expect them to work Saturday and Sunday like I am? But I still do and I struggle with that a lot. And um, That's so I don't, I don't know how to motivate them. That's where I struggle with, you know, I mentioned at, at the Entrepreneur Academy where I was coaching quite a few lawn and landscape companies. And um, I don't do that now because I was so frustrated that you're paying me to help you, but you really don't want my help. You really want me to sign, <laughs> me to sign off on your BS and I'm not good at that. So just go, <laughs> your, go buy your buddy a beer and he'll sign off on your BS at the bar store. You can tell, him <laughs> tell him how nobody wants to work and nobody wants to, everyone's a low baller and your employees are all idiots. And you go do that with him because I don't do well with that. And so, um, but yeah, you know, to answer your question, you know, I think, to motivate people, they have to at least understand the core values of the company. What are the goals? What are the core values? Do they understand them? Where are they going? Where are the, you know, where's the company going? Is there opportunity in the company for them? And what do they have to do to get there? And I try to do a good job of laying out what that looks like and saying, you know, I just today talked about where we are year to date. I just told them what our 2021 goals are. Um, for this for this company, not Perfect Cut, for our, this smaller company. And so they're very aware. We have on the board how many units we ship. I mean, I, I try to be very transparent about um, where we're going as a company and then how they can impact it and then how they will get rewarded if we can meet those goals. And um, I try to make, we always try to make it a win-win um, for everybody and, and, and all my stuff that I do. Um, we try to pay our people really, really well, but more importantly, we try to reward them based on some key metrics. Um, how do we hit these goals together? And then how do we win together? And, and, if, and sometimes we fail together. And what does that mean? What's that look like? I'm going to ask a question. You, you may not have an answer to right off the top, but before I even say that, man, I'm telling you, this is why we do this thing. Because this is, this is I'm serious. Like my, I could speak to him blue in the face. But I want, to, I want people to hear from other perspectives across. It translates industry, successful thinking and what it takes to be successful. You know, but you talk about teamwork there and you talk about enrolling people in your vision 2021. So my question would be uh, kind of obscure, but interesting in some ways, because I can relate to right where you're at, kicking trash cans around, trying to get it done yesterday and, and people are waiting. Uh, who do you think in your as you developed, and I want Adrian to lean in on your wife and family, I'm sure she always does, but who would you say was your best hire, your most critical hire 
that you've made in your career and why? Um, the guy that's today my business partner at Perfect Cut. So I hired him as a um, mowing. I hired him just as a laborer. And um, I quickly realized he had the work ethic. He was smart. He jumped on the phone and started making some sales when I asked him to. Um, and I made a promise to him way back when I maybe had 20 employees that he would eventually, that I would eventually make him a partner. And um, I made him that promise and I followed through with it. And uh, today he runs, he's the president of, of our lawn and landscape company. He is, um, runs the day to day. But one of the things I talk about is recognizing talent. And then how do you keep that? I mean, if you see somebody, uh, could I have done it without him? Yeah. Uh, would I be where I am today? Not, not a chance. Um, so just like a football team, you know, Belichick and Brady, I don't care who you like or don't like, I'm not a, you know, but just like anything, um, you know, if you want to talk basketball, it's Jordan and Pippen or whoever, but you know, just like anything, if you see somebody that is a great partner and you ask your, if you, if you ever go home and say, you know what, I, I can't run this business without him, you better figure out him or her. Um, you better figure out a way to keep them. You better figure out a way to get them excited about the business. I'm not saying you got to make them an owner, but you certainly better figure out a way to make sure they're compensated, rewarded. Um, could be phantom stock, could be real stock. It could be a deferred stock program where you bonus them. But um, when you get the right people around you, you better figure out a way to keep them because if they're that talented, they're probably going to go on their own or somebody else is going to offer them more. So um, I'm just a a huge fan. I had a mentor once that just said, Corey, if, 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 if I told you that you were going to make the company would net a hundred thousand dollars less, but you'd keep all your key people and you'd never lose them. Would you trade that? And I'm like, absolutely. And he's like, okay, then pay these people what they're more than they're worth. So they never leave. Hmm. He's like, think about it. He goes, and I'm like, yeah. And so we've kind of stuck to that motto always is um, I try to pay people more than almost to where they can't leave if they're that talented. So that's a long answer. But if you recognize talent, you see talent, you better figure out a way to keep them because um, in a small business or a big business, a couple people on a football team, one player can be the difference between going eight and eight or winning the Super Bowl. Just all there is to it. Yeah. Look, just to that point, New England Patriots uh, are the prime example. Yeah. They didn't keep Tom Brady. Same coach, same coach, same owner, same GM, and and they and they lost they, they lost Tom Brady, and and so I'm even one deeper with you, and you might have somebody on the on your team that's like this. There's a guy named Jack Easterby, who for six years from 2016 to nine or uh, 13 to 19 was the character coach for the England Patriots. They were the only team with a character coach, and and that was he was two doors down from Bill Belichick. And they won three Super Bowls. He picked Tom off the field after they beat Atlanta and the confetti fell. And, and even when the Seahawks, who, you know, that's our team, and I was 23 rows up, and that was a day in uh, Super Bowl 48 in East Rutherford, New Jersey. It was supposed to snow that day, but it didn't. And uh, it snowed right after we won because God was so happy. And so, uh, but we, the next year, we played the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl, and they hadn't been there in eight years. And Tom talked about this guy, Jack Easterby, who you wouldn't think – Nobody known him, nobody heard of him, but he'd been there for a few years and he was infusing enthusiasm in their culture and love and raising the love level. And he goes, that's the reason, one of the reasons we're back. And so he was there for six years 
And then when the uh, Bob Kraft sex scandal broke, Jack had three, three daughters and he said he couldn't with good conscience uh, stay, right? He couldn't stay. And so he left six hours later after it broke, he left the organization. He went to a team called the Houston Texans. You know what happened on Sunday? The Houston Texans beat the New England Patriots 27 to 20. And, and so there's, it's, it's interesting the power of, like you say, the teamwork and the, the not so maybe vital role, but just the quality of belief and character that people can bring. Do you have anybody in your organization like that that you go, man, they, they, the Ballard mission they exude, or can you recognize folks like that in your organization? Or kind Absolutely, of like, yeah. We've got a lot of yeah, we've got, especially yeah. at Perfect Cup, we've got guys that are just, they're so quality individuals. And I say this all the time, like, man, they're just people that when they go out and they go to their son's little league game or their daughter's soccer game, and they've got a Perfect Cut hat on, they're such quality individuals that it, I get people call me like, hey, man, I ran into so-and-so at this, my kid's soccer game. Like, where, how did you get that dude? He's a good egg or gal. We have some amazing women that work for us too. And, um, you know, even in the lawn and landscape business, we have a, a ton of females, which um, is a little bit unique, but um, out in the field and, and some production managers that are, that are female that are fantastic. But we just, we start with, you know, people having the right core values and attitude and beliefs and positivity. Uh, the rest of it we can teach. Um, I'm a firm believer in just getting the best people that we can get. Um, and we treat them with respect, give them opportunity. And um, it is, it's amazing what you can do. Um, it's amazing what, there's certain people in your company that are just game changers. So there's, it's amazing what one or two people, they can change even companies of ours that have a lot of employees. Um, one or two people, can be the difference between winning and losing. And that's just, it's a huge difference. And you've got to figure out a way to keep them excited and keep them motivated and, and keep them a part of the team. Hmm. So how long have you been married? Um, we've been together like, uh, I don't know, 11 years. Okay. So, yeah. So, uh, and now you guys work together now? She works, yeah, she works in the, in the uh, product side. And so she works in the same building as me. Yeah, so I think, yeah, I mean, what encouragement do you have for a woman that's trying to do something exciting with her husband that never stops working? Yeah, it's um, for us, it works well. I know a lot of couples, it doesn't. Um, I think we do a good job of not taking it home. And we were doing a bad job of that maybe two years ago. But we really try to, um, when we get home, we try not to talk about work because we do it all day. And um, so... You know, my wife's a grinder. She's a, she is a hard, she's just, she's crazy. She works like, she works like me. She loves it. She pretends she doesn't, but she really does love it. Um, you know, and, and so for us, it works. It's not for everybody. Um, you know, um, I, I know people that have worked together and got divorced over it. I certainly don't think that's, you know, if, if you don't get along, you might want to just, I mean, because sometimes it's too much. So we're together all day and then all night, you know, that's, um, it can be a great thing if you can manage it correctly. Now, the good news is we're not in the same exact office. We're in the same building. We have some room here, but, um, you know, I, again, I think uh, for us, we just, we try not to take it home with us. Um, but, you know, on, just like you guys mentioned, we work on vacations. My wife is sitting at the pool on her laptop, processing, doing customer service, processing orders all the time. And, um, 
it's just kind of what we do and, and we're getting it better. I'm continuing to hire more people to get some more support so I can have her, um, you know, get her schedule a little bit better. And she was working like 75, 80 hours a week all spring and she was just exhausted. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're the same. We travel together and we'll both, we'll both pop into meetings when we need to and work when we need to. And yeah. Yeah. So I got a couple questions, at least to, to, to run it out. Adrian may have more, but man, this has been gold so far. And so I, I really would love to hear your insight to a couple questions. One, biggest failure. Because so often we talk about the good stuff. Uh, you know, we talk about, you know, maybe biggest one or two failures along the way. I've never met anybody hyper successful who hasn't failed a lot. Um, oh, man, I don't, biggest failure. I've had a ton of failures um, throughout <laughs> Of, of my career. I mean, I've had a lot of failures. Um, no, I don't know that any, you know, um, we bought a couple companies in 2009, um, eight and nine. Um, and then our market just really crashed. We bought an erosion control company and a stormwater prevention company. and was kind of wrapped together and, um, a pretty good sized company with about 40 or 45 employees. And, um, we bought it at the worst time the recession hit building stopped it was really primarily doing a lot of uh, new construction uh so that dried up quick and here we had this company that we had just uh, paid a lot of money for the work had dried out um you know it was it was one of the best it was a failure but it was also one of the best lessons um that i'm glad we made it through it obviously but i learned a lot because i felt like we were maybe invincible um, I didn't, I'd never failed at anything of, of that, you know, magnitude, um, where it was costing us a lot of money it was losing a lot of money. And, um, our pride kept us in that a little bit too long. Um, I had a, a CFO at the time that just said, how many more months do you want to keep losing money? And I just said, I don't know. We, we got this, we can turn it around. Um, and he just said, no, like shut it down. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I'm like, no, next month's gonna be better. And he's like, no, it isn't. He's like, oh, he goes, you want me to give you the finances for the next six months? You're gonna lose 100,000 a month, Corey. How many more months do you wanna do it? I'm like, I don't know. He's like, well, you just tell me how many more months do you wanna do it? And I said, let's try a couple more. And you know, and it was, so failure is, I think inevitable in business, but you know, what you do is you learn. Um, we just had to, to take an honest look, you know, sometimes you gotta take a look in the mirror and figure out, okay, what am I trying to accomplish here? Is my ego getting in the way? Um, is my pride getting in the way? But I was thinking everyone's gonna think I failed. Again, nobody, nobody thought that. It, sometimes you just, it, it just didn't work. You know, we bought it at the wrong time and there was a recession and my goal and my job was to protect the companies that we did have that were still doing really well because what was happening was we were, Take, we were take, taking money from the good companies to support the bad one. Before long, we were going to take the whole ship down. We we're going to sink the whole thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I think that was a, certainly a, a failure. Um, but we've had a lot of them along the way. Um, and I think anybody that's successful is going to fail quite a bit. It's just it's just not giving up. What happened? Right. What do we What do we need to do different? And uh, let's take another run at it. Well, and you already, you hit the follow-up question, right? The, the question always, every failure is what did we learn? And, uh, and you're already, I mean, your mind is already uh, fully weaponized to, to realize like, like not everybody who's listening to this, uh, failure feels final. You know, there's, there's so many people uh, in America right now where, 
where they fail at something because of the education system or however they were brought up or, or whatever, or, or really this care about what people think, right? Like this just massive like belief in what people think matters and they think failure is final. And so, um, but what well, you, and I think people think people are looking at them more often than they are. They're worried about they're not. That's yeah. Exactly. And that's an enlightened awareness that people go, huh. And then the, the second thing that I always ask is then from those stories, from everything, from your experiences, is what would you say the best advice uh, you, you could give somebody who is on the front end? You know, if you could reach down as you do already in your business and as you mentor these guys who probably should get beers because they really didn't want your advice anyway. And, and I think so everybody wants to be warmed by the fire, right? But very few right. people will actually walk through the fire. Very few people actually want to get in the fire and walk through it to be the other side where it is awesome. And, and you are a testament to that and, and your business is a testament to that. But what would be your advice to somebody who truly in their, in their hearts has a burning desire to be successful as, as an entrepreneur, as a husband, as a dad, you know, father, husband, entrepreneur, what would be your best advice? Oh, tough one. Um, you know, boy, that is a tough one. That, that's the one you should have sent me ahead of time. I could have came up with some brilliant answer. Um, huh. You know, I think it's important to, um, you know, to be humble, to be grateful. Um, but when you're running a business, I think it's important that you understand the, the goals and lay out a plan. And, you know, there's that saying that, you know, it's um, fail to plan, plan to fail. Um, I think it's important that, you know, you write down what are your, what's your one year, three year, five year goals, and what's it going to take to get there? What am I willing to sacrifice to get there? Um, you know, and are you willing to stay the course? And um, again, through good times and bad, are you willing to stay the freaking course? And people are so, you kind of hit on it. Everybody just gives up. They give up on marriages quickly they give up on businesses quickly you know it just didn't work i'm throwing in the towel and i'm like you know maybe you were just one week away from landing that big account or one month away from turning the corner and um so i think it's just for me i i think people just have to lay out the plan you know figure out you know there's some budgeting and things that have to happen and understand the financial piece of it um because at the end of the day if you run out if you Sometimes you just don't have, you don't have the means, you're out of cash, you're out of cash. But um, I think people just, they expect it to be easy. It's not easy. It's never going to be easy. It's not supposed to be easy. And I always say if, it's, if it was easy, I'd have more competition. <laughs> I say it's supposed to be hard. That's one of our lowest. <laughs> it's supposed to be hard. It, and it, it is, it's, it's supposed to be. That's what makes it rewarding. It's not, it's not easy. And if, it, again, you know, I had a friend that used to say, I can't believe, I wish everybody thought like me. And I said, man, I'm glad they don't. We'd have a, we'd have a ton more competition. Like, <laughs> you know, if everybody was me, who would work for me? <laughs> I've been fired from more jobs than Adrian's had. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, um, it's hard freaking work and it sucks sometimes. And you, you got to go in when you don't want to, and you've got to, you know, you got to be disciplined and you got to do things you don't freaking want to do. When my brain tells me on Saturday, I'd rather just watch football. I go to the office because I had stuff that I committed to do. Um, so I just do it. And um, it's not always easy. I don't want to do it always. It's not people like you love working. I love coming in on Saturdays. But I'm, I said I would get something done. 
I said I'd have it to them on Saturday. And so I'm going to do what I said I was going to do. And, um, so, yeah, I don't know. If, again, that's just that's it. The court, have a plan, put the freaking work in and don't celebrate too soon. People celebrate too soon. You know, it's like you brought up football. It's like the Falcons being up 28 to three. And then the Patriots came back and beat them. They were celebrating. They were on the sidelines celebrating. Tom Brady's over there saying, I don't think so, boys. This ain't over yet. <laughs> 28 to three. I bet you, you know? Art Marino could do it again. He'd stay in the booth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just, so sometimes you celebrate too soon and uh, just stay the course and be, you know, grateful and humble and, and treat people with respect and, and, uh, you know, I, I believe in karma. If you just do the right thing, it usually, I think it goes full circle. That's awesome. Uh, well, thank you so much. We have, I have one final question for you. Um, it is, if you had one thing you want everyone to hear, you want everyone to know, what would it be? Oh my gosh, you guys are tough. You always ask this one. I know, I know. Well, not always, it's not. But yes, yeah, this is this is Adrian's like you, you got an audience and you got a broad one to give you just a scope <laughs> before you answer this question. I got a call like six months ago. I'll, let, I'll give you a little time to stop. I got a call six months ago from a kid who'd listened to 1440, which is a podcast on time management. He was an eighth grader from Tri Cities, Washington. Jonathan is his name. And he asked me, he goes, I just, and it was a Friday night. Phone rings. I don't recognize the number. Tri Cities, just like you. Money's calling. Better pick it up. And so uh, just train. So I pick it up. This is John, this kid. He says, hey, I've been listening to your podcast. I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> Eighth grade, huh? 14 years old. He goes, yeah. He goes, I got a question. He goes, I think I listen to your 1440 podcast. He goes, I think I might be playing too much Fortnite. What do you think? <laughs> and I go, hey, go, you know what, Jonathan? God bless you. You are going to be very successful one day. But you know what? You're probably right. You're probably playing. <laughs> if you're too asking the question, <laughs> it's probably too I'm much. I'm going to go ahead. I don't like to answer people's questions for them. I want you to answer yourself normally, but probably you probably are. So, but that's the audience, all the way up to, to to grandmas and grandpas who are in retirement who just get encouraged by the idea of loving the process of retirement and everything in between. I don't know. That's a tough one. Um, are we talking just business or life in general or anything? Anything you want. Let's go live. Let's just let's, let's keep the mood. Let's 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 talk. Well, about I just I think I don't know if this is the one thing, but it's only that comes to mind right now. Um, just surround yourself with people that that want the best for you, that that are winners, that are going in the right direction. I think the people around you, um, your significant other, I think has to support you, you know, and has to understand you and what motivates you and drives you. Um, I just think surround yourself with people that want you to win. I hang out with people that I want to win and I, I, I hope that they want me to win. And um, so I just, I think it's, a, it's, I think we're sometimes we're just, um, we're kind of who, what we hang out with and who we hang out with, we kind of become after a while. You, you know, sometimes they talk about, you know, if you hang out with four people that are doing nothing, you're going to be the fifth. If you hang out with four successful people, you're going to be the fifth. I mean, put yourself around people that you can learn from um and listen and get a good mentor and just put yourself around people that are just doing great things and it doesn't mean you have to go own own your own company it doesn't mean you have to be the most successful by what our standards are today with money in the bank but i, I just think if you hang out with great people you just you live a much fuller life and the more i give back the more i get in return that's awesome i love that's it awesome 
Well, thank you so much for being here. Hey, Corey, if people want to look you up, how can they find you? Okay, so um, we, uh, so Perfect Cut, um, it'd be perfectcut.com. I'll spell that real quick. It's P-E-R-F-I-C-U-T.com. And that's our site management company here in Des Moines, Iowa. Um, we've got some pretty cool stuff on there. It shows our staff and pictures of our staff. And then um, the business that I focus on daily is Ballard Products. Um, and we're on um, Instagram with two Instagram accounts. <laughs> That's a different deal. And, um, and Facebook and so, uh, or ballard-inc.com. So anywhere on there, I, I can tell you that um, we also have a podcast called The Green Grind, where we talk about lawn. We bring on lawn care people. We bring on financial advisors. And we just talk about kind of the real struggles that's going on in, in our business. So, um, but I get a lot of questions um, through Facebook and Instagram. I do my best to answer them. I handle our social media accounts personally. And so I answer everybody that sends a message through. And so if anybody has questions about anything, um, I'll do my best to get back to them. Sometimes if it's a long question, I'll shoot them my email and tell them, hey, shoot me an email on this and I'll get back to you within 24 hours. So um, yeah. We're pretty easy to find Perfect Cut or Ballard products. If you Google it, it'll come right to the top. That's awesome. We are going to, uh, we're going to try. We travel a lot. If we're, we're in Iowa, the next time we're in Iowa, when was the last time we were in Iowa? Been a while. We've Never. Been, been a many, 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 <laughs> we, we take road trips. We have a trail. We got a, we got, we were like a newer Winnebago and the kids are in it. And, and it's probably got one more year till Tiger gets a little bigger. Tiger's two. And, He's growing by the second, and so right now there's four. T this we're going on Tuesday. We're leaving on a trip on Tuesday. There will be nice. four in a queen size bed, all sleeping together. <laughs> I don't know about that. Enjoy. I think his sisters are going to put him down in that little runner in between. The floor. The, I think he's going to end up on the floor. He doesn't know it yet, but uh, nice. but yeah, we'd love to come by and see the operation and uh, and meet you and your wife and kids at some point as well. So. Yeah, if you ever get in the Midwest, uh, there's not a whole lot to see here, but if you're coming through, going somewhere else, more fun, you let me know. And I appreciate you guys having me on and uh, and let me know. Uh, we'll gladly share this as well. And uh, so let me know how we can um, boost it or share it or whatever we need to do. Awesome. Sounds great. Thank you Adrian so much. and our team will. Thanks, Corey. All right. Thank you. Have a great night, guys. You too. Bye. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to the Love the Process podcast. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify. It means so much when you leave us a review and share with your friends. Bye.